Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, your premier North American rugby podcast. Growing rugby, one fan at a time. And welcome back, Rugby Rant fans. We are here. It's another week. The big guy, the hammer. We're one week closer, dude. Yeah. I mean, episode 162, bro, and and yeah, yeah one week closer. And uh, if you didn't see, uh, real quick, Dallas Jackals put on a really terrible meme um, about <laughs> about being close to the season and this angst, and they're trying to go with the Taylor Swift uh, uh, poets uh, album yeah, dropping, and essentially they just made fun of their fans, which yeah. you know, uh, of course, right. Rick Collins. Upset. Rick Collins cringed. We got yeah. the Rick Collins cringe from you know 600 miles away. <laughs> So, on the other hand, did you happen to catch the Hounds just put out a nifty little uh, video where they had the drone working and they were in the Indiana Dunes? And I have it on super good authority from a DJ Beamish, um, affiliated with the Hounds, one of the assistant coaches, uh, told me that that is going to be their annual preseason like boot camp sort of thing. Yeah. They're going to Indiana Dunes. Uh, but it was a pretty, pretty cool promo. I like. I, I saw the video because you posted it in the fan zone. Yeah. It's 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 like San Diego when they go to the Marine Base at Twenty Nine right. Palms, you know, right. every week, uh, every year rather. But it was nice. But um, real quick, fans, uh, before we get to around the pitch, we're gonna take a word from our sponsors. What up, Rugby Rant fans? Once again, it's a hammer, and we are bringing Super Brew along with our partners from Shop MLR. Powered by Rugby Now. Get yourself some gift cards. $25 every week. $150 for first. $100 for second. And $50 for third. Join in on the fun. And Rob, why don't you start us off with your around the pitch topic first? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to go a little outside the United States. Well, a lot outside the United States, to be frank. Uh, but something of significant note. There's actually international rugby going on right now, aside from the Six Nations, which is pretty cool. Uh, for those of you that are following the Rugby European Men's Championship is taking place in this last weekend. Belgium, in a shocker, defeated Portugal 10-6. to Why is it a shocker? Well, of course, Belgium is not known as a rugby powerhouse. Portugal actually qualified. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think they backed their way in uh, via Spain uh, into the World Cup in 2023. And so the fact that a World Cup team was narrowly defeated by Belgium was a bit of a surprise, but it is pretty cool to see. So if you didn't get enough Six Nations Championship, check out the Rugby European Men's Championship too. Hey, you know, it's it's good. You know, this is why we, we do around the page. It's not just North American. We want to give you guys right. a little bit um, of, of some spice there. So with my around the pitch topic is is kind of quasi <clears throat> excuse me uh, outside of North America, but really has to do with a North American player, a uh, friend of the show. One of the earliest interviews we had was with uh, USA Eagles player Tess Fury. 
Um, the BBC just did a whole special on Tess Fury um, and her her journey as a nurse uh, and a rugby player. You know, um, right now she's with Leicester Tigers on the women's team. She's the starting fullback. And we're going to post a – there'll be a link here uh, at the bottom of our, our description here. Um, so you guys can go and check that out. And believe it or not, they in 2020, um, ESPN actually did a whole series on Tess and her mother – um, her mother, uh, uh, big in the in the New York, New Jersey rugby scene, um, Tess fighting COVID, uh, you know, in in the ERs, um, playing rugby uh, at the time for uh, uh, New York Rugby Club women uh, women's team, the WPL, and actually they talked about um, her and her mother saving a life on the pitch. Um, so shout out Tess! I'm glad the BBC is picking this up and showing um, what the North American girls are doing, not only on the pitch for rugby but also outside of it. Yeah, buddy. So that was a good one. Tess was a great interview. Lovely, lovely gal. Glad to see her uh, getting her due. I'm going to move along to something a little closer to home than my last one. And that is going to be here right here in the United States with the MLR. And it, this just came across today. Nola Gold owner Tim Falcon just announced what is going to be called the Golden Guild. It's an official team fan group uh, for the Nola Gold. Um, and from what I understand, it's designed to unite uh, fans to support the team, the Noel Gold, and the sport of rugby is an initiative for the sustainable growth of rugby in Louisiana and, by extension, the success of the Nola Gold. Uh, there's going to be attempts to, you know, inroads to show support for rugby locally to help Nola Gold sell tickets, to help Nola Gold introduce newcomers to the support and really try to invest in that long-term sustainability and viability of rugby in New Orleans. Um, I There's going to be a link that we're going to put in if anybody's interested in, in being involved in getting more information. I did so, of course. Um, and what it does is I got an email back, uh, automated email from Tim, but custom um, webpage uh, specifically for the Golden Guild journey. Uh, there's going to be um, personalized web pages for this group. Uh, there's going to be a promotional toolkit that will help uh, fans who really want to promote the team and promote rugby uh, do so, and then exclusive NOLA Gold rugby experiences. So, you know, this is not unusual that a team is running a fan page or a fan group of sorts. Uh, some other teams have done it. Uh, but it's it's a way for them to kind of be a little bit more pointed in what they want to achieve in the fan experience. So, you know, if you're interested, check the link below, check it out, and uh, you can get some more information above and beyond what the common fan might do. You know, as somebody who, who ran a fan club, um, and don't get me wrong, I did have a lot of um, good backup with Rugby New York, you know, and, and bouncing ideas off of them and then giving me ideas and you know, there you go, Ironworkers kit right there. Um, you know, I do like this effort for the team to not only say, "Hey, this is a club for the fans of the gold," but what part of our our, our journey is going to be again making inroads in in the local game in in New Orleans and Louisiana, and not just New Orleans, Louisiana, right? That's their right. state. Let's let's right. Right. let's you know run some youth this let's do some youth that let's get some youth at the games let's get you out to youth games you know things like that and i'm sure those are the types of initiatives um mm -hmm. they're going to talk about um speaking of initiatives um even though we really didn't talk about it last week uh everybody already knows that scott lawrence the interim tag was taken off the head coaching spot um for the eagles uh, interim head coach scott lawrence but uh, a couple days ago he posted um on his uh, on on his LinkedIn, he said, "Today we're sharing the Gemini big plays, upping the competition for the U18s and U20s through new tours and aligning efforts to Junior World Championship promotion, improving the playing base and launching the Anthem 2031 National Academy. We will continue to engage holistically with our Eagles, their coaches, and organizations, and potentially having Eagles 365 days a year in an integrated professional pathway." with this nice little graphic that Rob's going to show you here. And uh, it's just interesting that, you know, this is a, an initiative he's already talking about. He's already implemented. We obviously know Anthem uh, is in the MLR. And part of uh, the reason Anthem is in the LMLR is to have a, a more succinct, I would call it, professional pathway. 
to say the Anthem team is looking at these young players specifically. Um, and, and there's some been some backlash because there's been some um, players, uh, you know, international players on the team. I think something like by the time they hit 2025, and this is due to some, some uh, um, what do you call it, the eligibility rules, 30 out of the 38 players are USA eligible, so I don't know what people are bitching about. <laughs> so yeah. it's just interesting that that, that that was something that people were complaining about. But, again, Scott Lawrence putting it out on his LinkedIn. Um, it's called the Gemini Big Plays. It's the pathway from U18s to the Eagles to the World Cup. You know? Yeah, it's uh... – you know, go ahead, Rob. Yeah, it's um, it was obviously it's why I've been a big fan of Scott's for a long time. He is he clearly has a vision for what he wants to accomplish and how he wants to accomplish it. He understands that what a lot of the we've heard a lot of the players saying for the last couple of years is one of the cha biggest challenges for the United States, the Eagles, both in the men's and women's side, is getting consistently getting a high number of touches and games, and opportunities to play and work together, not just in camp but in. Uh, real live, you know, test matches. It's one of the things the United States was particularly starved of during the COVID shutdown. Um, I think that was the objective with the anthem, and that and the anthem obviously fit, fit into this uh, to this project Gemini. Um, so expect big things from Scott, but it's long term sustainable development. It's not something that we're going to get automatic results from, you know, in the next six months or even year. It's it's a it's a you know, sustainable project that's going to lead us to 2031. So, um, you know, real quick, you know, I think uh, Gemini being the name of, of this is something for those of you that may not understand Project Gemini was like yeah. the second project to have human space flight, um, right. you know, for NASA. Um, you know, we're talking about the first project was Mercury. Um, and then they went to Gemini, which really was was where we made those steps to then do the Apollo missions to get us to the moon. You know, I think that's where we are in USA right now. We're in that Gemini phase. We already have the base. The base is all the guys who came before. So what do we need to do to tweak everything to get the program where it right. needs to be? And interestingly, uh, many of you may not know this, but Project Mercury was actually when Scott took over the team, one of his first initiatives with the Eagles. So he's very fond of using this idea of achieving the unachievable, right? Of, of going someplace that we haven't gone before. Um, that's, you know, connected with the space, with the space race and our endeavors to get to the moon and beyond. So um, look for big things. Like I said, I want to take a moment real quick while we've got fans attention. Don't forget that we have the, the MLR season coming up. And of course, with that, we have a commitment to Superbrew. As always, the last two seasons, we have had a Superbrew competition. And just like last year, our partners at Rugby Now, who power shop MLR, have committed themselves to joining in on this effort and giving you an opportunity to win some great prizes and earn yourself some swag. So what do we know? Just like last year, thanks again to our partners at Rugby Now, who power shop MLR. Every week, all 18 of the weeks of the regular season, one of you can win a $25 gift card. And the beauty of this is even if you're one of those people that forgets to update your Super Brew during a given week, you can still come back around the next week and win that individual week and earn yourself a $25 gift card. But for those, and I know there are a number of you out there, of course, we're talking about you, Wilkie. Hopefully, you don't go away. Uh, Rick Collins always engaged my my uh, my progeny Preston always in the hunt and of course his his uh, roommate or former roommate Reese they love to be in it each week so they can get an opportunity to win a $150 gift card that's right the grand prize $150 gift card that'll buy you a jersey and maybe some shorts or a hat or something like that uh and second place gets a $100 gift card and third place gets themselves a $50 gift card. So great opportunity and surprises again, brought to you by rugby now and shop MLR. Thank you to them. And you guys as fans get to be the beneficiaries. Look for details coming out soon in the rugby podcast, uh, podcast uh, web, uh, sorry, Facebook page, as well as the MLR fan zone and anybody that played in previous years, you're going to get an invitation in your email. So check it out. Don't hesitate, get on board and get yourself some swag. 
That's great. And uh, real quick, um, let's talk about our our. Um, wow, I can't talk today. It's one of those days. Mush mouth. Yeah, mush mouth. Woo, Fat Albert style. Um, our topic for today. Um, there was a an article in stuff.co.nz uh, uh, by David Long, dated January thirty first of twenty twenty four that says that New Zealand Super Rugby is exploring a team in the United States. And we've also heard some rumors out of New Zealand, me and Rob have, um, that Super Rugby wants to, like, relocate Moana Pacifica maybe or, or start a new franchise. And they talked about San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was some details in that those rumors that, don't necessarily jive, but it's an interesting concept and something we want to talk about. And we'll get right to that after a word from our sponsors. When we pick up the ball, we also pick up a legacy. A legacy that stretches beyond your current team. A legacy built on the backs of those who came before you with hard work. And for those who will come after you, we promise it won't be easy, but we'll be there, supporting you on and off the field. And we're back, Rugby Red fans. So, yeah, like we were saying, there's these rumors, there's this article, and, you know, really the article talks about a couple things. It talks about New Zealand coming to play Fiji in that international test match. Um, in at Snapdragon Stadium, right? Um, but part of part of the end of the article, the the author of the article says a logical step is for super a Super Rugby team to be based in the United States to not only increase the profile of the sport in the country, but help the USA team be competitive at the 2031 World Cup. Um, you know, and it's quoted: "World Rugby are really working hard in that market at the moment." We're in regular dialogue with them around the potential they see to help grow the game. Um, and, and as we talked about in our around the pitch, we talked about the Anthem team, and that was part of you know, World Rugby and, and USA Rugby and MLR getting together to start that initiative. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some pros and cons. And right before I throw it to Rob, um, I just want to say uh, Munster beat the Crusaders, and Rob could suck it because Munster is my, uh, my my Irish team there. You're saying that. You're saying I can suck it? Yeah. Why? Aren't you a Crusaders fan? No. I can't. Jason, Jason, Jason. Listen, you follow so many goddamn teams, Um, I can't keep up. I'm a Hurricanes guy. I'm going to start calling you Susie. Susie? Yeah, because she follows 17 MLR teams. I can't figure out how many teams you follow. Hurricanes. I just follow Uh, Hurricanes. Been a fan of the Hurricanes since uh, Christian. Fan of the Hurricanes, was, fan of Nola, screaming out of the back. Uh, fan know? of LU. Uh, at one oh, time, this is he coming, was a Moscow Warrior fan. Whoa, 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 uh, whoa, whoa, Ginga! This is coming from the guy who's a Michigan fan. Yeah, Michigan. I don't know that you've ever visited Michigan, by the way. Of course, you definitely haven't visited Green Bay. You're a Green Bay. Fan. I've been to. And, I've been and, to Lambo. And, and yeah, well, come, come. I'm a I'm a Green Bay Packers shareholder. I own a part of the team. I think we've had you know the team that beat the Bears twice this year. That team, yeah. Well, first of all, that's that's no great accomplishment. I mean, exactly. That's like like, anyway. Let's so let's 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 get let's get out of this rivalry talk. But we're getting heated because we're excited for the season. But we're going to talk pros and cons of what a Super Rugby team means in the United States. I'm going to throw it over to Rob to list your pros. Um, so give me your pros of, of what a super rugby team would mean here. I, you know, I, I, I thought about this and, you know, I, I'm, I immediately conjured up visions of that meme, that guy sitting like at a folding table on a college campus. And it says something, 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 and prove me wrong. And I only think of that because I just don't know that I see a lot of pros. Somebody's going to have to convince me. And maybe I'm not creative enough. Maybe I'm not thinking long-term enough. I just don't know that I see a lot of pros. Um, 
I, I see a lot more cons from this. And and maybe it's I'm just not thinking about the gross side of rugby on the USA. I think we could do a fine job at growing rugby in the United States with the teams we have with the MLR and domestic competition. Um, and, and if we're find a way to put more eyes on the Eagles, I don't know that we're going to get a lot of uh, uh, interested parties, you know, uh, non-rugby fans or maybe burgeoning rugby fans are going to put a lot of eyes on, you know, Moana Pacifica or Drua or whoever might move to San Diego. Uh, it's still going to seem like a foreign competition um, or a foreign competitor. That's been always the complaint in American rugby circles is that, you know, when you have announcers and no disrespect to Ty, uh, as he's not here, he can't defend himself. But, you know, a lot of people are saying, look, if you're going to have rugby in America, you got to have rugby and uh, sorry, American announcers. You got to have, you know, um, uh, an American voice speaking uh, to American fans and, and putting it on a level which they can understand. You know, does does that really achieve that kind of maxim? that people are articulating about American rugby. So I would have to be convinced. I'm, I'm dubious. I'm not saying it's impossible. And I'm certainly not poo-pooing it. You know, good rugby is good rugby. I don't care what form it comes in. I'm just not sure that that is the way to develop and grow rugby in the United States. It seems to me that there are other ways to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think – you know, it's there are pros to it. I'm gonna and I'll get in that. I'll get into that a little. I'm bit. interested. I wanna... I, I, you know, like I said, I can't. I, you know, somebody. It's not that I can't be convinced. It's not that I can't be talked into it. And it's not that I'm dead dead set in my opinion. I just I'm gonna have to. I, I'm interested here in what you're saying. This one. All right. So let's let's talk about the pros here. So I think. The pros, obviously, you get more foreign eyes on the USA game, right? So the hardest thing you're going to have to do in, in, in any part of this is get American eyes. But what you can do is you can get international eyes to watch teams in America, right? Um, we're going to assume that this Super Rugby team is going to be made up of Americans, right? So that's a pro, right? We have Americans playing at a higher level, right? I mean, there's no, there's no denying Super Rugby is a higher level of rugby than the MLR. That's not talking trash. It's just the way it is. So you'll have Americans on this team <clears throat> playing in a higher level to get better, right? Iron sharpens iron. So the first pro is international, play, uh, international viewers coming in and increasing a viewership of the sport in the United States, right? And the way you cross that culture barriers through anything you could do on social media to bring that to American eyes, right? So they're going to, people on social media are going to see all these New Zealand fans clicking likes, and that's going to bring exposure through SEO and stuff like that, right? To American fans. Um, then you talk about, again, Americans on the team, ironing, iron, sharpening iron. Um, you will have everybody in the, in the United States um, that are, that's already a rugby fan become a fan of this team. I got to be honest. You know, they're not in the MLR, so in my opinion, you know, in, in my old school opinion, there's no rivalry there, right? And if there's just one American team, everybody in, in the U.S. is going to back them up as a fan. So now, instead of having these small groundswells of fans in New England and New Orleans and L.A. and Miami and, and Charlotte and Utah, all those fans are going to be fans of this one team, right? And that's – you're talking probably over a million fans at that point, plus PR7's fans, plus – the people who watch the Eagles and the Sevens Eagles and 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 the Hawks and everybody, you know, and the women's game to, to watch this team, right, and support this team. And, again, put it out on social media and show your friends. And now we're going to have watch parties where we're all watching one singular rugby match, almost like when we get together for the Eagles, right? So I think there is a lot – there are a lot of pros in the idea of doing this. The execution, I think, is going to be the hardest. Rob, what do you think of my pros? Um, no, with all due respect, <laughs> I'm still not convinced. I guess I would say here's the problem with the philosophy that all American rugby fans will be a fan of this team. And, and let me back up a, a skosh. First of all, it's not clear what this team will look like. You were talking about the fact that some members of this uh, members of this team will be Americans, but that that's not the case if they move Moana Pacifica or if for some reason Drua 
goes uh, to, I think it was talked about San Diego, that that would happen. Um, they're talking about drawing in expats, Virginia expats, you know, pack Pacific Islanders expats. I'm not sure that they'll be dr necessarily drawn in any more than they would be already with the MLR uh, and the San Diego Legion. Um, that being said, I don't know that it, we as Americans are just locked into our regional fandom. You know, it's, it's a great example. I, I had a, 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 I just ordered an Arctic mug, a, a Chicago Hounds one. So I have an Ola Gold one, Chicago Hounds one. I put it up on the table. They were sitting next to each other. I was going to use them in the morning to fill my drinks and stuff. And my son, my younger son takes and he moves one of them away from him. I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, those two colors can't mix. Yes. He's so much of a Bears fan that he can't have green and gold together, right? They don't mix. He doesn't like the colors. So the point is, is that I, uh, I don't know that you're going to see a lot of East Coasters travel out to San Diego to watch this team as a fan. I just don't know that they're going to like get a lot of fans. But I don't, I don't think it's not it's not the travel to be a fan. I don't it's think the watch, watch it's the watch. I, I got gotcha. you. And it's gotcha. it's the groundswell fans coming together. So my point is, if you have an my, just wait, if you have an Eagles match out at Snapdragon, me as an East Coast fan, I'm not going to that. I got to be honest, it's too much for me to cross the country. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply to do this, that, other thing. And that's the national team. Don't get me wrong. Rugby World Cup comes around. If they're playing in San Diego, I'm going to do my best to get there. But my point is, even for a regular match, USA-Canada, you know, it's it, it, for me, as the typical Northeast fan, I'm not making that trip, you know? Agreed. But that doesn't mean that you're not going to have, again, all 50 states supporting these people, you know, and this team. And but I think what's, that's the difference. What, what's, what engages, like, what gives the – fan like you and I who don't live in San Diego or California or even on the West Coast, what gives us some kind of buy-in to that team? Like your connection with Green Bay, if I'm not mistaken, is through your grandfather? Uh yeah, well yeah, it's through it's through it's actually through okay. my Michigan connections, but yes. My okay. favorite my favorite Michigan player being Desmond Howard, him going and being on the Packers, winning a Super Bowl. Okay. So there's an emotional connection for you that draws you into both of those teams. I don't know that there's an emotional con that, that that there will be a strong emotional connection for a lot of rugby fans to a team all the way across the country. But you're assuming again, you're assuming that they're taking because what the rumor has been is that Moana Pacifica is not doing well. Yeah. And right. but they're not saying. I think there's some confusion 
They're not saying take Moana Pacifica and move it. They're saying replace them completely with a team from the United States. So to me, again, that would be more of let's have United States players. And if you're talking about Eagles and young Eagles going to that team, I think that's what brings us together with that. Again, it's like the American Raptors. Everybody's a fan of the American Raptors. It's the only American team in the the Super super Rugby Americans, right? I'm a fan of the Raptors. You should be a fan of the Raptors. Ty should be a fan of the Raptors. You know what I mean? Again, it's not. Well, there's no rivalry. Ty's a fan of the Raptors because he announces for their games. But regardless yeah. of the money, but my point is, if if you're a rugby fan and you're not staying updated, and again, it's hard to watch them sometimes because it's on YouTube's and here and this, so it's it's harder as far as that's the execution. Getting that's it an, out. that's it's, a, it's, a fair it's, point. But, yeah. but my point is, if anything, once that changes. Or if that changes, especially with a team that would be super rugby, which production is already up to a certain standard, I think I think it's different. Yeah, and and I guess I would say this is that to that point, I pay attention to the Raptors. I don't know that I've watched them full match, and I and I, I know some of the guys on it, right? So I have a little bit of an investment, and I have a little, you know, and 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 I'm invested as invested in the American rugby scene as as most most people, but I haven't watched a ton of American Raptors. I don't know that I've watched a full game because of that connection. I mean, one of the things, and again, for those that don't know, that one of the connections for me to the No Gold is because of Nick Feeks, kind of like your Desmond Howard scenario. Nick Feeks played at LU. He was very good at my kid, and he went down and signed his free agent with, with Noel Gold. That's why I picked up on Noel Gold, and, and my affiliation came from there. And then, of course, with the Hounds, it's because it's my local team. Um, but other than that, you know, I just don't, I just don't know that that connection can, will be made by most fans. Scott is having, uh, whoop, there we go. <laughs> yeah, my, uh, for some reason, my lighting all of a sudden got squirrely, but anyway, and I, I understand that, but again, if the, if the emotional connection should be. The fact that there's Eagles on the team. Now, how many Eagles are on the Raptors? Not that many. But right. part of their mission is to create Eagles, right? So, again, while the product is there, the product is decent. We know what the product is trying to do. The execution of watching the products is the hard part. Right. If I told you Raptors matches were on TRN, would you watch them? Uh, probably I'd watch. I'd catch some on occasion. Yeah, yeah. That's, this is what I'm yeah. saying. It's hard. It's hard yeah. because you have, yeah. you know, you in particular, you're at Hounds matches, you know, doing right. what you do on the field. You want to watch the Nola Gold. Me, you, and Ty watch MLR to be current with, with this show. So I right. think we're a little bit different than the average fan where maybe, sure. you know, and again, we're going to talk about Raptors on the show. You know, that's that's a topic we are going to talk about. Yeah. Um, but my point being is I think for us, we're spread a little thin with some of that. Um, because yeah. of the nature of what we're doing. But but beyond that, I think a normal fan would just be like, I'm a fucking, you know, yeah. Chicago Hounds fan. They played on Saturday. Oh, look, uh, 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 the Raptors are playing on Sunday. TRN, boom. Let's just say they were on TRN, which is something they should be doing. Don't know why they're not, but that's a whole other story. But I think, again, if you're, if you're putting the caveat that there's Eagles on the team, if you're putting the caveat that's easily watchable, and we know Super Rugby is easily watchable. They were on Peacock. They were on... NBC, they were on ESPN Plus. Right. I mean, so we know that the accessibility is there as far as contracts for us to watch them. Um, I think that that would that's how you take that groundswell. Fans. Now, now, are they challenged by in their if this rumor is true? And, and again, with right now, we're all basing this on conjecture, rumor, innuendo. If what we're hearing is true, and they're looking to develop and bring those Eagles into this team so they can be competitive in Super Rugby. Will that be, or will that mission be challenged by the anthem as things progress further towards 2031? Because isn't that, in essence, what the anthem are trying to do too? Trying to get more consistent games for eagle for developing eagles that we may see down the road. Well, I think this is a good time to go into our cons. So okay. you want to start off with the cons, or do you want me to start off? No, no, you go. You go first. I'll give you the honors. Okay, so my cons. Um, I don't think this style works. 
I think rugby needs to say vertical. I'm going to coin that that term vertical. <laughs> if you see what South South Africa did to get to the UR, URC, when they were playing in Super Rugby South Africa, they were crossing six to eight time zones to go play away matches outside of the, the three teams that were in it, right, in South Africa. The problem was both sides, New Zealand, and even they changed it where they separated Australia and New Zealand at this point, playing in two different divisions because they're, the travel across the globe is not only a lot for the actual amount, you know, time, but it's the time zones that are killing you. South Africa traveling vertically, right, up to the URC to play in the United Kingdom when they need to or Italy or wherever they're going to play. Yes, the travel's long, but maybe you're passing one to two time zones, maybe three max, right? For us, same deal. The Raptors are going down to South America. They're not crossing that many time zones. MLR, they're crossing, you know, one, two, or three time zones, you know, going New York to L.A. or Boston to L.A., right? How many time zones are they going to have to cross to play the super rugby schedule they need to play? And let's assume Drew is still in the league, right? So that's not, you know, it's you got to go to Fiji. You got to go to New Zealand. You got to go to Australia. Then all of a sudden you have a, a schedule that's reminiscent of the old New York, Toronto, Free Jack schedules of eight weeks on, eight weeks off. Well, does that make any sense? Not really. That's a con for me. Um, again, what is the makeup of the team? We talked about in my pros. I'm assuming that the pro is going to be we're going to have Americans on this team. We're going to have Eagles on this team. That's going to be competitive because of that, and we're gonna, that's how we're going to grow the sport here because that's what they said in this article, right? The con could be they might not do that, and then what did you just do? You just took a bunch of imports, and they're just playing in the United States to play. That's a con for me. Secondly, television away matches. Rob wants to watch the Hurricanes. I'm sure he'll stay up at midnight when they kick off, right? I don't know if I'm going to be watching these games because, for me, it would be 1, 2, 3 in the morning on the away matches, right? I want to watch them live. I want to support them live. The replay, for me, is not, like, the best option. But, you know, what kind of, again, what kind of live television are you going to have to show these away matches that are now 8 to 9 time zones out of the East Coast, right? Um, I think an, another another con here um, would be where do they fit in the unionization of rugby as far as as far as employment? Right, we have uh, the United States Rugby Associate Players Association, which we have a, a nice interview coming out with Nick Chavetta soon. Um, Americans move over to Super Rugby. What's in their contract? And I know their contracts are offer more, but you know what? How does that translate to the United States? You know what I mean? It's it's different countries with different things and different laws. But what what happens? You know, workers comp wise or injury wise, if they're on this team, right? Um, you know, what what are their guarantees if the team folds? You know, stuff like that. Which we're talking about in the MLR. Will this will will the team have to be you know unionized from the New Zealand side? And what does that entail? You know, so I think. I'm not trying to poo-poo this. I, there are pros to this, but I just think the biggest thing that that outweighs everything, in my opinion, is that move across those time zones to play rugby. It just fucking kills teams, and we've seen it. And there's a reason the South African teams go vertical. You know, it's funny. You mentioned that as a, as a big con, the time zone difference. And use Super Rugby as an example, and the the I would say it was certainly more than an experiment. They did it for almost two decades, but nevertheless, they found it was untenable, especially from attendance situations um, and financially, it was untenable. And so that was one of my cons as well. Is not just the time zone difference, but um, the the difficulty in in the expense of travel and the fact that you're. I mean, let's face it. Um, one of the benefits, hopefully, is, well, if you look at like an enterprise like the NFL, you know, and, and granted, rugby will never be the NFL in, in the United States. I'm not saying that. But we already have Major League Rugby fans that are traveling. Our good friend, Matt Cartwright, it, you know, he and his wife had went to many a game um, 
uh, of other teams, you know, away following his, fa- you know, being a fan of the Seabulls, following his team. You know, I, I'm making another, uh, you know, uh, Mecca trip down to watch the Hounds and Nola Gold, the, the two teams that I follow. There are fans that travel in the United States to great lengths to follow their teams. I'm not sure that we're going to see that with this, you know, w- with the, you know, this kind of experiment in Super Rugby, if in fact it comes to fruition. Um, I just don't think it's going to be there, not just because of the time zone difference, but, you know, that that is going to impact um, the challenge of being a fan and traveling, you know, to watch the team. If, if you know, whether people go to Fiji or they go to New Zealand or they go to wherever to watch, you know, this team play abroad, you know, you're not talking about a simple, you know, quick weekend getaway where you can get a Southwest fair, you know, um, you know, a getaway fair. You're talking about a commitment because of the time zone difference. It's going to be a whole holiday, and that is going to be difficult for a lot of people to do. Um, I, I would also like to address uh, the commercial partnership challenge. I think that was one of the big problems with Super Rugby is finding a, you know, a, a sustainable commercial partnership like Guinness is with the Six, Na- Six Nations, or like the Gallagher um, Gallagher uh, um, Premiership. Uh, those, those are league-wide partnerships that are very functional because, you know, those products are prominent in those domestic leagues. Um, and, and granted the six nations is not domestic, but you know, it is, it is certainly regional. Um, and we're seeing, you know, our partnerships, even with the MLR Arctic, for example, is a great partnership for the MLR, uh, amongst others. Those are workable because we all have access to those products and and therefore those manufacturers and those companies are willing to invest in that partnership because they obviously get a, you know, a dividend from that advertising. But I don't know that that would exist when you're crossing, you know, time zones and crossing countries where our our products and, and their products are not necessarily in the same, you know, same market. So I think that's a challenge. And the last thing is, you know, you hit upon it, the roster, are we going to see a Pacific Island roster? Will that translate to a lot of expats from Fiji and, and Samoa, et cetera, that are going to watch? Um, it certainly has worked for um, Utah to some degree. Will it work here? I don't know. Uh, and, you know, most importantly, if it is a developmental side for American and potential Eagles, could the Eagles as a team even be competitive with the Super Rugby team? I mean, uh, that is a that is an another level of domestic competition, and no disrespect to our Eagles, I think it would take quite some time for for us to develop players that are able to compete in a in a domestic league like that. You know, I I want to point out there's a, there's a couple things I want to say. Um, the first thing I want to say is I really feel that. New Zealand rugby has lost their foothold on rugby in the United States. And what I mean is they were the rugby pass jumped in and, and did the rugby network this year. The rugby network is now powered by Globin, which yeah. is an Argentine company. And I truly felt when the rugby pass came in, you know, as a New Zealand company to do this TRN and broadcast it, they were trying to get themselves on the ground floor to be the premier production rugby production company outside of like our buddy, you know, Ryan Ginty and next level rugby yeah. shop, Ryan, um, to do this. Cause they had the foresight to say, well, eventually if they get a rugby world cup in 10 years, we've been doing it for 10 years. Right. And then they lost right. whatever happened. I don't know right. what happened in the background, but globe globe is now running the rugby network. Um, and you're seeing a lot of young players from New Zealand come over and play, um, you know, Nico Jones, Right, he was he was a Moana Pacifica guy. Um, he originally he there was rumors he was going to sign with uh, Rugby New York two years ago. Um, last year, halfway through the season, he came in with the OGs and then again resigned this year in the MLR. And you know he was the guy touted to be that team's you know future, and he kind of stepped out on them. Um, you have guys you know uh, you know a whole bunch of New York guys who really are are USA Eagle eligible. And they're young New Zealand guys. And that doesn't mean they would go, you know, they, they would get the opportunity to play, you know, super rugby. But my point is, as those guys are starting to trickle in more into the league and you're starting to see guys like Dan's Holland, Dan Hollandshead's back in the league, right? Went to France, played D2, had an opportunity to come back here in L.A. a little bit closer to home for him. He's in L.A. 
how much more time until those young guys start to trickle over here and, and start to really make a living? And I think people are underselling the fact that we live in the United States, so living here is not necessarily like this big deal. But for a lot of people that don't live here, a lot of young guys to come live here and ply their trade of rugby, especially if they don't have a family just as yet, is a huge friggin' deal. You know, um, 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 you know, it, it, I, I think that's something we we we're not seeing, and everybody always asks, "Why would they come over here?" Well, why why do you think? Because they don't you know, coming to the United States is is actually a big deal to people outside the U.S. Uh, yeah, well, a hundred percent. I I happen to agree. And and you know, you mentioned the loss of the foothold by New Zealand in the United States. I mean, isn't that in essence, as we talk about some of the former iron workers, isn't that in essence what happened there? I mean, you had a New Zealand group that was largely had taken over from um, who was the original Irish contingent? Yeah, yeah, from an Irish, Irish contingent. American, yeah, yep. Um, and they took over and you thought, oh, okay, they're making inroads. Of course, you know, New York wins the, the shield. Uh, they're spearheaded by, you know, Andy and, and uh, a bunch of other, you know, just top quality uh, New Zealand players. Um, but that commitment has ended, you know, and that ultimately led to the demise of the iron workers. And so, yeah, you know, I think they're losing their foothold. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how it develops. I mean, I think there's a nugget out there. Uh, a golden goose, a golden egg that people are eyeing, and that is the World Cup in 2031. Uh, I think a lot of folks in the United States are underselling, to your point, how much, how many other people will come to the United States to oh, yeah. that World Cup because they want to experience America on a holiday, right? And the World Cup offers an opportunity to say, because of our vast geography and how different it is from coast to coast, you know, from desert to you know, to to the autumns that, you know, fill the northeast to, you know, the the rainy, succulent uh, northwest uh, and and to, you know, just the uh, full grains of beauty of of Illinois and the Midwest, uh, which I'm completely tired of, by the way. Uh, people can come here and they can go to different venues around the United States and watch the World Cup and experience America. So uh, I, th I think there's an opportunity there. It'll be interesting to see how, you know, this investment by foreign rugby playing nations will manifest itself over the next, uh, you know, eight years. And I think as a, as a rugby fan, you're going to have to watch um, in 2026 when they have the FIFA World Cup final at MetLife Stadium in uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey, and how that's going to go. Because I think for, for me as an East Coast rugby fan, that's an audition for yeah. uh, MetLife Stadium to audition for the Rugby World Cup final in 2031. To be is 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 that the is that the declared final venue? Yeah, they just they just announced it last week. Is going to East Rutherford, New Jersey, baby. Wow, for the FIFA wow. World Cup final that's again. A, I think that's a that's going to be a, a a a little preview of what they can do to show that they they can still you know they they can do the Rugby World Cup as well. And real quick before we go, I just wanted to talk. You know, Rob, we were talking about sponsorship, and here's the thing: I think they could get American sponsorship because that American sponsorship would want to break into the New Zealand market. So my point being, if they had, let's just throw out Pepsi Cola, right? But Pepsi's, you know, becomes a big sponsor because they want a bigger market share in New Zealand. Well, how do you do that? Well, they're the halftime sponsor of all the games from the San Diego Snapdragons of the Super Rugby. Team. Yeah, I just, and I look at it, I look at it the opposite. It, you know, no disrespect to New Zealand. It's a nation of 4 million people, you know, but um, when you're talking about sponsorship, um, that's why that's why people want to invest in, in in American opportunities because you're talking about 330 million people. So you know it's a much bigger opportunity to gain a, a, a huge market share, you know, by bringing products to the United States. Um, I just don't know. I mean, Pepsi and Coke are known worldwide. I don't know that they're going to make any. I don't know that that's going to really be a. Um, a, a well, I was a, just throwing that. I'm um, just throwing that out there. You know, as, yeah, I got what you're saying. I just don't. You know, you know, um, and you even see with some of the New Zealand teams in Super League um, that the local the local sponsorships and partnerships are much more significant. Like, look at Kia, right? Kia is on the um, Kia is on the Hurricanes, but yes. it's not on 
some of the other jerseys of like the blues or the crusaders mm -hmm. you know so it seems much more localized than it does you know i mean kia is a global company but why don't they invest fully in the entirety of well, super league well hold on well that's part of the model right so if you see if you ever watch hockey internationally you're going to see a lot of jerseys with a lot of different uh companies on the jersey and i think that's just because the company may not be fully invested to sponsor the league, but they want to sponsor the team and then they have the, the connection to the team itself. And I think that's more of a outside of American mindset, to be quite honest. You know, you know, we, we, we have it, you'll see, you know, like we talked, the ill-fated Toronto arrows had, had the Toronto um, inner city rugby foundation. Right. right? And that, mm -hmm. that was the yeah, turf. That was kind of their deal and it was localized to them and they put it as their big sponsorship. Right. But right? they were, remember they weren't getting any money from it though. No, correct. But my point is, like, again, they, they localize it in a different way to say, to put it on the jersey, you know, main freight for, for Rugby New York. So, again, I think it's just the way in which they do it is different than we're used to here. But, guys, before we go, um, you know, we just want to say, again, watch out for our Super Brew contest. Um, uh, I really want to thank the Hammer. That's a big lift uh, every year, and every year Hammer takes that on. Um, to do this and, and work with rugby now and, and communicate with the winners and, and so on and so forth. I really appreciate that. So that way I don't have to fucking do it and deal with you fucking people. Um, well, well, the, Scott, I do want to say, I forgot to add the beauty of rugby now over and above um, a previous driver of shop MLR is they get their stuff out fast. Like this iron worker Jersey three days and it nice. was on my doorstep. So um, yeah, it definitely worth it. And, and rugby now, if you haven't checked out their website, please do so. Cause they have great, um, cleat you know, cleats and other goodies and gear, and you can get six nations jerseys as well. Uh, so you, you can get them by next weekend. Um, you know, in, in time for, you know, whatever mm -hmm. matchup you're looking to watch. Yeah, we have some, I have some great rugby now here, uh, in my closet. Um, and, and, you know, I love, I love the fact that there's internationals there, um, I still think I think they have some LA Guiltinis and Austin stuff still on there, so take a look. But uh, guys, again, remember sign up for the Subaru. Go go head to head with me. Go head to head with Hammer. Go head to head with uh, Ty the Sapa Braga and all the all of our friends out there. Uh, Mikey P, uh, the Jeff Brissett, yeah, David David Fee. Uh, I mean, you got everybody on there. Ricky Collins is on there. Matt Cartwright, everybody. So please. Join the Super Brew contest. Uh, we're going to be pushing that heavy. We'd love to do it. But, guys, thank you so much for watching Episode 62. Um, you know, we really appreciate it. We thought this was a really good topic to go over considering some of this swirling around. And maybe you guys haven't heard of, of, of these rumors coming around or haven't seen that article. Um, but, again, if you want to read the article, it's in the link below. Um, please check out that BBC special on Tess Fury. And also check out the new fan club that nola gold came out with rob if, if you what's the name of that fan golden club? guild the golden guild again it's not just focused on nola gold rugby it's focused on um energizing the base of rugby and helping rugby grow in the state of louisiana i'm scott the big guy ferrara that's rob the hammer hammerschmidt for ty braga who couldn't be with us tonight we uh, really appreciate your fandom and we'll see you at the next